Hello, everybody. My name is James Martinez, and you are listening to James Martinez Live, Episode 1 of Operation Mind Control 3.0. So what I thought I'd do for this particular podcast is go into my professional career in a little bit more detail than what you would find on my website, jamesmartinezmedia.net. So I'll do my best to go through the various highlights, which are important to know because they involve everybody today because of what we are currently facing as a nation and as a planet. And I have been lucky enough to be involved with a very, very unusual life of privilege behind the national security curtain. So what I'd first like to do is for those of you that are new here that I've I've never listened before or you don't know me, uh, please feel free to uh, search around the internet a little bit and if you put in James Martinez Media or James Martinez Operation Mind Control or James Martinez Cold Fusion, uh, you should find a lot of uh, content over the years, though I've been missing in action for a very long time uh, due to working agreements and basically trying not to uh, cause waves. Well, those days are over now because now it's time to start the wave. Okay, so let me go back in time a little bit here and uh, try and encapsulate uh, my background in history, which has led up to this point of where we are today. Um, I am referred to now by some people in the technological field as a media ecologist. Um, I'm kind of best well known for being one of the original MK Ultra whistleblowers with a colleague of mine and a great friend by the name of Walter Boert. Um, I've been in radio and been a pioneer of some sorts in uh, various disruptive technologies and explaining what those effects on culture and human awareness would be prior to the deployment of those technologies. I was born in San Diego. Um, I have lived in multiple countries. I primarily grew up in Europe and arrived in the United States at about my senior year in high school. Um, After I attended university, uh, I began working for a retired federal customs officer. And at that point, after leaving university, I was acquiring the rights for the Bud Culligan story, which was the jailhouse interviews and confession of a retired assassin, otherwise known as Bud Culligan, that was suing the Central Intelligence Agency. And it was during those years uh, I began learning about what was going on behind the scenes uh, in the real world, so to speak. This led me to end up working later on for one Navy intelligence officer that was retired. And it was at that point, because of relationships that I had already, I immersed myself 
with the what was going on then is the very inner workings of the investigative field in the UFO culture uh, before much of what you have heard of today in modern culture on the internet and so forth. So after years in that investigative field, one of the people that was essential and one of my primary uh, teachers was a woman by the name of Marianne Shenefield. Uh, it was my relationship with Marianne Shenefield, who was one of the biggest and most important abduction, abduction cases in history, uh, that I ended up in Walter Bowert's camp, so to speak. And this is how Operation Mind Control Volume 2 was born. Uh, at that time, I had a relationship with Marion Shenefield, and she probably could be best described as one of the top remote viewers that ever lived, actually. And I went, recently went public about that relationship and what we did and some of what we were working on in public recently last year, for the first time ever, actually. Uh, I also worked alongside with an officer, a former OSS officer, retired, aka CIA officer, Virgil Armstrong, who many people do not know of, who was probably one of the most sincere of the people that were disclosing what was going on in the early 90s in the abduction world. Uh, a lot of people don't know who he is but you can find videos of him on YouTube. So because of my unusual background, um, I was put on the board of advisors of the Freedom of Thought Foundation with uh, luminaries such as, obviously, the late Walter Bowert, author of Operation Mind Control 1978, and also uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, who, for many people, that name rings a bell because he appeared in Oliver Stone's movie JFK as Mr. X. And he was our primary heavyweight at that time uh, on our board. And for those of you that are not aware of him, he spent about nine of his 23-year military career in the Pentagon from 1955 to 64, uh, two years with the Secretary of Defense, two years with the Joint Chief of Staff, and five years with headquarters at U.S. Air Force. Um, he, in, I believe it was 1955, he was appointed the first focal point officer between CIA and the Air Force for clandestine operations per National Security Council Directive 5412. And he was the briefing officer for the Secretary of Defense from 1960 to 1961 and the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff. So we highly respected him and he highly respected Walter Bowert for exposing uh, sanctioned government mind control for political and military purposes. He was on our board, as was uh, Colonel Thomas Bearden. He is author of the Excalibur Briefing and probably one of the most pioneering scientists ever who was also had worked in the military. And he was one of the first 
people to think outside of the box in terms of advanced technologies having to do with energy. Um, and he was uh, a good friend of ours and supported the work that Walter and I had put together in Operation Mind Control Volume 2. And if you take the time to look at Tom Bearden's website, uh, he has a quote on there which is extremely important for everybody to understand. And he says, I quote, there's enough energy inside the space in this empty cup to boil all the oceans of the world. This is a fact well known to the scientific community and was, for example, a favorite quote of Nobel Prize winning physicist Richard Feynman. Two Nobel Prizes were awarded in 1957 to Li and Yang for substantiating the extraction process for this energy. So he was on our board. Fletcher Prouty was on our board. I was on the board. Walter Boat was on the board. And we had a whole list of psychologists and psychiatrists who preferred to remain nameless that were supportive in the efforts for us to exposing what was going on to our children and what was going on to our military and what the end goals were for mind control. All of this is related to what is going on today, right now. So, the two things that were important to the Freedom of Thought Foundation were the repeal of the National Security Act of 1947 and the deployment of future technologies such as cold fusion or what is known today as low energy nuclear reactions. So we knew if the curtain were peeled back and they repealed the National Security Act, the public and the world would know the real world. The real world that is the military industrial complex which has betrayed lied and deceived the entire world of our true heritage, our true capabilities, and our true leap forward to be with our brothers and sisters in other worlds. So today what we have is nothing less than the Truman Show in all forms of media and information extraction and processing that goes on all over the world. So when the Freedom of Thought Foundation, we publicly stated to the world that these were the two primary directives that we stood for. So later on, during that time, uh, I was elected to the, to the Director of Public Affairs for a corporation that Walter Boert and I formed called Soma Corporation which is referred to as Semiotic Offscreen Media Affairs, uh, which was the first consulting firm ever designed to use technology for behavior modification and healing the public through various modalities of print, film, radio, television, and computer simulation as well. And that was an antidote to the situation we're in now and the type of media that we're bathing in literally every day and drowning in. So soon after that time, uh, I began a, 
a career in radio, not because I wanted to, it's because I was asked to. And that's when James Martinez Live was born. So I first appeared on radio uh, in, on the Republican Broadcasting Network, um, where at that time I was suing banks, specifically the debt industry itself. Everybody at the Freedom of Thought Foundation, all its members on the board, all its people within the constructs of all that material that we had access to about all the programs that existed that were being implemented and used on the public, we knew all of that was being financed by banks and the people that printed the money, owned the money, and were behind all of our misleaders of today. So I took it upon myself to address the debt industry itself through legal countermeasures to take down credit card companies, uh, bank fraud, signature loans, uh, student debt, and also mortgages because of all the fraud associated with the banks that were essentially abusing the public. And during that time when I was on radio, that was the first time ever where I was getting international response from all over the world in understanding how advertising, film, radio, TV, all the various communication forms played a role in creating a debt consciousness and essentially uh, conditioned slaves by voluntary compliance. So I exposed much of that in hours and hours and hours of content, stripping apart everything in the banking industry from top to bottom. Most people know today that our entire financial system is over and is about to turn into something new. Uh, one of the things I did in my career was I promoted the application of new technologies, specifically energy technologies into the public and I'm well known in the field of cold fusion specifically because I uh, launched a website called coldfusionnow.org which became the central focal point for a lot of education that hadn't been known by the public because they'd been previously brainwashed in disinformation from various so-called uh, elite universities that took it upon themselves to lie, steal, manipulate, and cover up results that they were getting when this initial discovery took place. And who am I talking at, everybody? I'm talking about MIT. Yes, MIT. So, while I was promoting new technologies and taking down banks, I caught the attention of the late Mary McLuhan, with whom I was essentially shown and proved to her that her father's assertions about the effects of light speed on communications and money were all true. And I told her how and why and 
what I've been doing to relieve the public from millions and millions and millions of dollars of debt that was all fraudulent and usury. So because of that, I was asked to be on the board of advisors of the Marshall McLuhan Center on Global Communications alongside uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom winner Ben Cerf. And I did correspond with Cerf and I did correspond with uh, Eric McLuhan uh, as well. Um, because of all these actions that were taking place, which had never happened before in radio at that time, um, I had been asked to speak locally and nationally, internationally, regarding my history and my conclusions based upon all the research and so forth that I'd taken part in. I appeared in magazines, it was published in books, uh, essays on people that had uh, effectively changed the world or educated the world or altered our course in a book called The World I Dream Of by Kurt Buzz. Um, there's plenty of interviews that I've done that are scattered all over the internet and the easiest ways to find them is um, James Martinez Cold Fusion, James Martinez Mind Control, James Martinez Operation Mind Control, things, various details like that will get you to many of the archives. I'll be posting the most important archives which I've done, which I'm going to uncover and I have to uh, explain what had happened uh, when I took a leave of absence from uh, radio to do other things behind the scenes consulting with governments and other uh, interested parties all over the world. I did a radio broadcast called Cash Flow many years ago, and this was an experimental broadcast which is still echoing its effects of today, all of which is going to be uncovered and examined for people to learn what has really happened. Because most of America and the world, if you're watching closely, listening closely, and observing, you'll find that a good portion of people are doing things to themselves that they don't want to be doing, but don't know why they're doing them. So we're going to address those things and many more things regarding that in the future. So one of the things that I did in my past, which is probably the loudest, was the organization of the Standing Rock standoff event, which took place about four or five years ago, which got the entire world's attention. And I organized that with Phyllis Young, and that brought the entire world's media into one focal point for one reason, to protect the Lakota Sioux husbands, wives, and children that were protecting their land. And this had an enormous amount of national security issues behind the scenes, which nobody's ever even heard about or even knows about. All of that information is going to be released on this particular broadcast in detail. So if people can find out what has really happened, because you've been lied to and betrayed by all of your corporate-owned, bank-owned industries that are involved with 
information processing, i.e. news. So, the consequently, um, the Standing Rock standoff event was probably the most successful peaceful protest in U.S. history by far. It was attended by people all over the world. The entire world's press was there. I did that and coordinated with Wesley Clark Jr. to do that, whose father is Wesley Clark Sr. Um, For those of you that are not aware who he is, I suggest you look him up. And in January of 2018, I spoke at the first Osheti Sakyawan Energy Summit with members of MIT, where I spoke about the future of currency and the future of cold fusion and the Lakota Sioux effect that was going on behind the national security curtain. So, during that time, I was the first to release nanotechnology for biological consumption for the public in the form of C60 Buckminster Fullerene and I educated and deployed that all over the world and to this day C60 and buckyballs and carbon carbon 60 uh, are now doing wonders for people all over the world so that's a little bit of my history I'm going to leave a little bit more on my website jamesmartinezmedia.net I'm only doing this short biography here so that people have a reference point and may find it easier to listen to the biography so they know who they're talking to versus having to go to a website and read and cross-reference and check and all those sorts of things. So uh, most of this broadcast and podcast, shall we say, isn't going to be about me. It's going to be about people that are the change agents and the future heroes as we move forward to salvage and reclaim our birthright, our freedom, and our sovereign status as spiritual spiritual beings that have a right to exist here. This is probably going to be one of the most controversial podcasts in history. I assure you that. And it's not too long in the future where this particular podcast is going to get in the hands of all sorts of the most, shall we say, critical people to move humanity in the right direction. So uh, I want to thank you for listening to this short, brief biography, and um, I look forward to bringing to you all sorts of guests that you've never heard of, some of which are going to be talking for the first time, some of which you may have heard before, but you've never heard me speak to a person like this or ask them questions that have not been revealed as of yet. Um, It was not my initial idea to do this podcast. Uh, It had been suggested by um, contacts of mine and elders of the past that asked me to step forward and step up to come in and help uh, clarify and support the gigantic transition the entire human family is going to go through now. This is going to be a time where every color and religion in the world is going to unite and we're going to face together 
the impending challenges of survival, of new ways of doing government, new ways of doing currency, and new ways, more and most importantly, of getting along together and uniting. So I hope um, this inspires all of you to take action. Don't be just a listener. Be somebody that moves forth with action, fortitude, and integrity. Integrity practically doesn't exist anymore in U.S. culture, and it needs to be resurrected again. So I'm looking forward to talking to some of the people out there and giving them um, a platform in which to tell their story, and more importantly, inspire others to make their own story and ultimately come into their own Godhead and reclaim their spirit, their right to exist, and their right to have children. Yes, I said it. Your right to have children. Because right now, that is being taken away from you. So, you are also going to be hearing in this podcast, I'm going to be doing the audio files of all chapters of Operation Mind Control Volume 2. And then I will be also uh, doing the audio version of the Third World War, written by Walter Bard and myself and another ghost author. Um, this was the one of the last and final uh, authorships of Walter Bard. And I will be getting in detail of the things we found behind the national security regarding mind control, its application, both pro and con, and why we're in the current situation that we're in today. So thank you very much for tuning in, listening, and I look forward to moving ahead with all of us. Thank you very much.